For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting man, but for those of you that are, there's betonline.ag. The NBA and college basketball are back, and NFL playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in, so if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champs, or someone upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Being a Rockets fan, I was really excited to see Houston sign DeMarcus Cousins. Did y'all know he has his own comedy show? We got a chance to watch it over the holidays, and it was hilarious. Steph Curry and several NBA players were in the crowd getting roasted. Mike Epps was the host, and it features some other funny comedians, including Gary Owen and Carlos Miller. I believe it's streaming on Amazon Prime, and now available for free on Tubi TV. Go check it out. Y'all, it is that time. We are here again for another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside Double Zero, the UK Athletics Hall of Famer, Tony Depp. My name is Vinny Hardy. What's up, TD? Man, I am doing wonderful. I'm excited about the guest that we have on, a former teammate of mine from UK, Lexington native, uh, Cameron Mills. Man, Coach. we're excited to have you on the show, man. It's Buddy, been I a- can't. TD, I can't wait to get done with this podcast, go up and have dinner and, and drink some double O Lorenzo Chardonnay. <laughs> hey man, I'm I'm out, I'm out there still promote my wine. And Good. you know, I have I have I have some big things planned for 2021. You know, Good. that's where as uh you know, being on, on the podcast, I was telling D that, you know, I'm giving 15% of my profit back to uh Kate, Kentucky Children Hospital, KCH. Yeah. So just for the frontline workers and all the yeah. people who helped us through this pandemic, yeah. uh, just giving back something to them. So it's, it's something where when I started, you know, doing the wine, um, you know, I didn't, didn't know anything about it, but you know, right. over, the, over the last couple of years, you know, I've definitely talked to a lot of people yeah. and picked up, um, picked up a lot of people who enjoyed it, but you know, most importantly, I want to see how I can help contribute to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, we've got it. We've no joke. We've got a bottle upstairs. We were thinking about, I told my wife, we were going to, I was going to be on with you today. She said, well, let's drink his wine and celebrate. <laughs> said, All right. hey, 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 you, you chose a good woman, man. You chose a good woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm I did. No, I did. I've, I've got, I, I lucked out. I got a great, I got a great girl this time. 
Yeah. Congrats to you and Susan. Four or five months in now, Cam. Um, Vinny, we are. We we're we're trying to figure this out. We got married August eighth, so I I guess that's five six months. Yeah. It it we said five six months though for about four or five months. I feel like so. I almost feel like we're up to a year, and I know we're oh, not. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get that year anniversary cake, and yeah, might as well. Well, well you. It's funny you said it too, because I because I was thinking about it, I was like. Were you were you worried about getting married in 2020 with all the stuff that happened you know during? That's, that, did you even think about it? It's no, I we didn't think about it. As a matter of fact, TD, um, if it wasn't for COVID, COVID, we were seeing each other. So we started dating last October, two Octobers ago, and um, I was traveling a ton for work, and then all of a sudden. COVID hit and my schedule for travel just shut down. So we wow. were seeing each other about once a week on the weekends. And then I was traveling somewhere in the country during the week. And then it got to the point where COVID hit and my uh, company said, all right, no traveling for the time being. And that's mm. where we are now. We're, we're, we're still going on eight or nine months of no travel. But Susan and I started going from seeing each other once a week to seeing each other basically every other date or every day. <laughs> and so because of, we kind of look at it, COVID accelerated our relationship. Wow. Um, there probably was, and we were, we were talking about this a couple nights ago. There probably was some hesitation, but it wasn't because of COVID. It was like she had been married before. I'd been married before. It's what we were talking about before Vinny hit record, right? I mean, you just... Yeah. You go down the set the next time you get married, you're a little bit worried about all right, do I really want to go through this again if it goes bad? Right. I'd waited 17 years. I got married in 2000, was divorced in 2003, and hadn't gone back down that route for years and didn't think I ever would. And then all of a sudden found uh, Susan, and um, she just, I mean, I don't want to make this too romantic, Vinny. I don't know if that's what Believe's all about, but it was, <laughs> it was uh, it, she's amazing. I never, I, I would not have married, I was not looking to get married. I would not have married anybody else. I just found this amazing woman, and I just thought, I just, I, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. So, Man, um, that's so, big good. so COVID has been bad for us because of friends and family, and just like everybody's been dealing with. Right. Our relationship has been awesome. I mean, it accelerated our relationship to the point where we got closer, faster, and wound up getting married in this horrible year. So when everybody talks about the hard and the difficult and how, how mad, you know, 2020 sucked for everybody, Susan and I kind of look at each other and say, it kind of worked out well for us, at least part of it. So, right. Yeah. That's funny you say that, too. You know, I think there was, we have our pandemic marriages, our pandemic divorces, our pandemic babies, you know. Pandemic babies, I mean, yep. is there... There's so much that happened in 2020, man. It yeah. was like, you know, so many people wanted that year to be over with, you know, and, yeah. and to get into the new year and just, you know, really set your goals differently and just say, yeah. hey, you know what? You learned a lot from last year. And I think uh, financially, I think people learned a lot, you know, just for I, I hate it for, you know, all the small businesses that just yeah. got started, that just got yeah. off the way. And, and I was kind of one of those people, you know, with my basketball academy sure. is that, you know, we really was trying to figure out how can we, you know, have clinics and, and do basketball and still have the safety amongst the parents and the kids? So it, it was always just trying to make sure we was doing this right. We didn't want to, you know, put anyone at risk, but, you know, we had to get back to living at some point in time. Yeah. And well, it's funny. that's so, what I was, go ahead. Uh, you've got, so school, right? I don't know what's going on in Georgia down in school, Vinny. I don't know if, if down in uh, Harlan area, if y'all are in school or not. Um, I guess nobody is right now, are they, in the state of Kentucky? But um, wow, I mean, no, nobody I know that. school. I don't. I don't think so. I think the private schools are in school, TD, but I don't think the public mm -hmm. schools are, are allowed to go back to school yet. Um, they may have started. Actually, they may have started on Monday. Maybe this week they were allowed to go back to school. Right. But it it, it goes from you're 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 allowed to get in an airplane, 
right? And, and sit, you know, for four up to four hours, you're allowed to sit next to somebody. You're allowed to go play basketball. You're allowed, there's this um, <laughs> uh, trampoline park uh, here in Lexington that um, uh, my stepson likes to go to. So we went and did that yesterday. You're allowed to do all this stuff, but you're not allowed to do school. And it, it's driving us crazy so much so that Susan pulled Alex, uh, my little stepson, out of school. We've been homeschooling him. Um, and it's worked out great. He's seven years old, so we, we can still handle the math. But Man, it's amazing. Right. Everything <laughs> <we've changed. laughs> yeah, well, we can. We can still handle the math now. I'm thinking if he was in fourth grade, I'm not sure we could be helping with the math yeah. at all. Yeah. But, that, that, um, that'll be my next question to Vinny. Is 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 he helping with Vinny? Are you helping homework, man? And be honest. Honestly, right now, Katie's doing it, and, and we got our homeschool <laughs> right now too, Cam. And we're oh, you're homeschooling too? Yeah, we're in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> are you homeschooling too, Vinny? Yeah, just just made the switch a few weeks ago for our. Uh, and how, let me ask a question: How old are your kids? I forget now. How about your boys? Twelve and eight. All right. So, how much easier is life now that you're homeschooling? It's surprisingly because we weren't never homeschooling. No. We're like uh-huh. we're not gonna do that, and I'm nope. like they're gonna be weird. <laughs> but it is. It's been a lot easier. Listen, it's it's so much out the month and the schedule, and it's I mean boom boom boom. It's One so much easier when you're in control. Because look, we were. I don't know. Were your kids at home anyway? Were they doing virtual? It started the year virtually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we did. And it just wasn't working, man. We were getting up eight o'clock in the morning and we'd have a seven-year-old kid (laughs) with special needs. Alex is on the autism spectrum. So he'd have to get up and at eight o'clock or at eight 30, he'd have to be logged in and he'd be in front of a computer like this all day. And we're like, yeah, I, you can't. That can't. First of all, it can't be good for him. Second of all, he no, it can't. Have the attention no, it can't. To do it. So we pulled him out uh, about two months ago. We started doing homeschool, and we've got uh, workbooks that he goes through. He's got online stuff that he does, but we're in control of the schedule, right? We don't have to go by at eight thirty. He's got to log on, and then he's got to be seen on on Zoom or Google, whatever, um, all day. We decide when he does his work. When we come in, all right, Alex, let's get four workbook pages done. And we'll go in and get four workbook pages done. And have him on from eight until five o'clock and him seven years old. That was, that was, Listen, and that was it. We were, he started having breakdowns and when he started having breakdowns, we we're like, man, this isn't working. This just yeah. he's nah. young. He's uh, he, he's very, very intelligent in spite of um, um, his autism. And a lot of kids on the autism spectrum uh, are very, very intelligent. They just don't have the social skills. So that's the one thing that's hurting. Yeah. Is and that, that's the one thing you said it too. One of uh, my godson, you know, he's yeah. uh, He's autistic, and uh, oh, okay. you know it's it's, and, and I've learned a lot from him because um, you know his dad and I we 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 play ball, yeah. Going back, actually been friends for like over probably forty something years, okay. And uh, you know, so I it's it's funny you deal with it because they are very highly intelligent people, yeah. and just you know the social skills is something that they have to work on, but it's you weird. know it, it is, but you know I, I think it's such a good dynamic dynamic for us to be, have been around those kids oh, yeah. and just understand that. The kids we have, and you know, as I tell my kids, my kids have the underlying health issue with the sickle cell disease. Sickle but cell, yeah, I'm yeah. Right. So we we haven't kind of like yourself. We haven't, you know, my daughter has done virtual, but she's an AB student. But this is the first, probably not the first time she made all A's. And I oh, was really? like, you're not you're not ever going back to school again. <laughs> oh, okay, now okay, so <laughs> she, now you're not homeschooling though. She was doing virtual stuff, right? She was doing virtual. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, See, and that's virtual. the different from what I've heard from what we've heard from a lot of friends is. A, B, A and B students, right, are getting, are they're like D and C in now because of virtual, because it's so hard for them. I mean, we've got, I've got teachers in my family down in Knox County, and they, they, they're they saying that kids are logging in, covering their camera up, right, 
and then <laughs> saying they're there. They're not there. They're, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're over here playing Xbox while around their Xbox, <laughs> they got the camera covered up. He said, they're doing exactly like, what we, they're doing exactly what we'd be doing. You know what yeah, I'm that's saying? Right. Cause, cause that's one, right. Cause once you, once you class. figured out, once you figured out, you know, we always thinking about, okay, right. man. And what, and I, what I can get away with figuring this. it out. I want to, I want to see if you remember <laughs> what figuring it out was. Cause I know what figuring out was for me. Figuring out was I never missed the class freshman year. Oh, man. because I never yeah, missed the class freshman year. Guess who they stopped checking to see if he was in class? Me. Absolute can. <laughs> you know what? And you learn. You learn from what I. And you learn from me because I said, you know, they was checking classes. Every and I, I remember. I'm gonna take you back. So when Mash was there, Mash yeah. was, uh, of course, my Mash was like the most one of the high, most high profile players. Yeah, you could Kentucky. You could miss and, him. Uh, so he, Mash missed the class, right? So Coach Patino, this is what he did for Mash. <laughs> he, he had a curfew for two weeks at, I think it was a 10 o'clock curfew. Yeah. He had to do workouts with Lil Lou, who was our strength conditioning guy. Yeah. Five o'clock for like two weeks. And not guaranteed and I, that's no joke. Those, like put like this, but it sent a message to the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. Who didn't miss class? Yes. But you didn't have to go but, through it. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. But you know, I didn't want to go. I didn't. I didn't want to no. go through because I knew how those workouts were. I was like, man, they already hard anyway. So the funny thing is, you know, this as well as I do. It's it with uh, it'd been one thing with with Coach Brown doing workouts. That's that's hard enough as it is. But what did Coach Brown always say? He he had us like remember those preseason workouts where we'd be doing those slide drills, and oh, he'd man. be yelling at us and say, "Hey, it's nothing like it's gonna be. Y'all better. It's nothing like it's gonna <laughs> be." You have me, Scott, Al, and Nazi Mahan. No, see, Nazi was the next year. Me, Scott, and Alan. We were the freshmen that year. And he's yelling at us, like, just wait till the exorcist gets a hold of you. There's nothing like it's gonna be. It's gonna be so much harder. And we're sitting there thinking, there's no way it could be it, it could be harder than this. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh no, we, 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 we can't we can't forget Cam is is a two-time national champion, man. So that's that's something that he will always hold uh, underneath oh, his belt, you know, you? winning that thing twice. Yes, man. Yeah. Hey, but I mean, I, I, I didn't stay. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you, I really thought our 95 team that yeah. lost to North Carolina was a really yeah. good team. Oh, and yeah. the year I was with Mash in 93, we lost to the Fab Five yeah. in overtime. So, you know, we, we, we got there. And when you think about when you get to the final four, you know, it's only four teams left. And. The year '95 was we had beaten we had beaten Arkansas. Yeah. Um, UCLA we had lost to them by one point at the first Evan John Wooden Classic, which we got cheated out there. And I forget who the fourth team was, but everyone we had already faced. And that yeah. North Carolina game, you know, got up to a really good start. And yeah. uh, Walter ended up getting his second technical foul for something that Dre Riddick did. Dre Riddick. Dre choked. Dre choked. Dre He choked Rasheed. No, he choked Rasheed Wallace. That's right. And he got a technical. Walter got a technical, and we just and basically from that game on, we just never we trailed the whole time. You know, yeah. so the, you know when you get to the final that final game, I mean, it's just like it's not even the pressure anymore. I think it's mm -hmm. just so much work that you put into it. It's like man, now we just got to go out here and play basketball. If you remember a TD, because I remember doing this when we got done with our reunion, our '96 reunion a couple years ago in Miami, right? Yes. I remember we were leaving. We were on Cam the made plane. A, Cam made a documentary for one of his three documentaries, TD. That was a good one, man. Cam, right, Cam you, you've done an excellent job, man. You Thank you, Movie.com. Yeah, T, uh, TD, TD, you sent out some awfully nice stuff uh, to help me publicize and that on your own. I didn't even ask you to, and you did, and I always wanted to thank you for it. But um, No doubt. So we, uh, we wound up on the way home, and this has nothing to do with the documentary. This was on the way home 
from that reunion, which was, I don't know about UTD, but that was one of the best three days I've ever had in my life. I mean, that man, was, I had a blast. Man. My side was you. split. I mean, I, I was hurting from laughing so much because, first of all, Coach P was relaxed, and you you and I both know we've never seen him like that. Never. Never. I mean, I was worried. Like, I was going down there thinking, all right, it's going to be fun, but we're going to play golf with Coach P? Like, we're going <laughs> to hang out with Coach P? We don't, we don't hang out with Coach P. We hang out together, and Coach P's over here doing his thing, but we're going to hang out yes. with him for two days? What's that going to be like? So – um, but I remember coming home and I remember, uh, sending all of y'all a text just cause it was such an amazing weekend. And it was really, the text was to everybody, but it was to you and Walt and Mark and, you know, those guys that won it in 96, because the 98 championship, I tell people this all the time, unless you're there, see, I think it's what you're just saying, TD, unless you're there, man, you're happy to be there the first time you're there, right? First time yes. you go to Final Four, the first time you're in a exactly. Final Four. Exactly. Man, you can't believe you're there. In 98, man, we didn't care that we were there because that wasn't the goal. In 97, nope. we didn't care that we were there because that wasn't the goal. The goal was right. we got to repeat what the 96 team did. And Ooh. watching you guys go through the, you know, the because, you know, Coach P's big on this, right? The way you prepare for Moorhead State game one, is the way you prepare for Syracuse national championship game last game, right? I mean, you don't prepare any differently. He was so consistent on that. And so we got to watch you guys. And I say we, I mean, guys like Shep and I, and Shep played a little bit in the national championship game. Al played, I think, a little. I don't think Wayne did. Yeah. But Wayne didn't. The one, only game Wayne didn't play was, was that national <laughs> that's championship right, game. That's right. Yeah, because I remember that being a thing. Um, but we got to watch you guys prepare the same way. And I think watching you guys that's i think that's one of the hard things that hurt those teams after the 98 team because they didn't get back to the final no. four and so uh, eventually you lose the seniority of guys that know how to deal with the final four and that hurts yeah. you, right you got to have you a know team. what I, and i never it's funny you said it cam because I, I i thought about it years ago but like like what you're saying is I went to the Final Four as a freshman, so I yep. had the fun. I was excited. I was like, right. man, on Bourbon Street, we was partying. Yep. So every year after that, I was about busy. I'm like, dude, I don't care. I already I have care. a Final Four ring. I don't care about the Final Four. That doesn't, no. that doesn't matter to me anymore. Like, I want to win the national championship. Hey. I want to be I want to be the last team to cut down the nets. And have you ever we, Have you ever worn your Final Four ring? No, I haven't. No, Neither I haven't. have I. I've never worn a Final no, Four ring. I don't no, know anybody no. that would, unless that's all they got, right? I, I just, mean, I, I just, I just, you know, it's crazy too because I just brought out my ring to show my daughters. You know, she asked me about, yeah, yeah where are your rings at? You know, and I've, I've won, you know, on Coach Cal's staff. I got a Final Four, Elite yeah. Eight. Uh, they also gave me a national championship ring for 2012, which was really cool because I, wow, I just left them. Yeah. So cool. I just left that class that came in in 2012. And of course, we won a couple of WAC championships out in uh, New Mexico State. Yeah. So I probably have about seven or eight rings. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. just, you know, like I said, you look back and say, you know, this, this is what basketball did for us. You know, yeah. it, it gave us, you know, some opportunity to do something that we love growing up and also to be able to, to win a, a, win a championship. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, most people play for. If we look at the NBA right now, you know, everyone is talking about, man, who, Who's going to win the next championship? What separates LeBron James from Michael Jordan, Bill yeah. Russell, you know, all these greats is that it's it's about the championship you won. And yeah. that's what kind of like, if you think about our university is, you know, what makes us a, a story program is that we have championships. Because if we had won one championship, no one would consider Kentucky to be an elite program. It's right. Like, oh, one oh, championship. Yeah. I yeah. mean, no matter, we could have, we could have all of our, all of the wins, right? Which I think, uh, I think we're still, I, I guess Vinny and you Ooh. would probably know this, right? We still got more wins than anybody, right? 
I think, man. Uh-huh. We probably, we probably like we may not. Kansas, I think we Kansas is in, though. If, if they right. don't pick it up this year, Kansas is going to But that's be- the point, is that Kansas has how many national championships? Three, maybe? I yeah. think three. I know three. Danny – Danny meant they beat, Memphis, beat, beat Coach Cal in Memphis. Yeah. That's two. Yeah. And they might have one other one. So, and, might- and Kansas is considered one of the elites, right? If you think of the top yeah. five in the nation, you've got – I always consider North Carolina, Duke, UCLA, um, uh, Kansas – and then us, and yeah, then, but you know you can't you can't leave out Indiana. Indiana, you know, yeah, Bobby, oh, I think good. Indiana right. has. Uh, you're right. They have they five. Have, oh. Yeah, they do. I always think they have two because I think. But you're right, they have five. Um, Indiana's the other. Thank you, TD. Um, but then you go to so which what makes one team the best over the rest of them, and so you, to me it's always the number of wins which we have, and then number of national championships which UCLA has over us by three now. But we've mm-hmm. got eight. So to me, that's what always makes man. If we had just said, if we had just won one ever, Kentucky's not an elite program. Kentucky's an elite program because we got eight of them. And what I love about it is we got one, at least one in the 50s. We didn't get one in the 60s. We got one in the 40s, 50s, 70s, 90s, and uh, two in the 90s, and then one in 2012. So we've got it spread out where UCLA got all theirs in like one decade. Right. So yeah, they, was, they like, sure did. Yeah. And that's what I'll, makes it special is that I'll they Cinder and going. Walton. That was like all theirs, and that yeah, that, that yeah, that's day. right, you that's know, right. Pretty much the, the bulk of theirs was Bill Walton and Kareem. That all all of them, but one, and that was that one they got in the nineties, right? Yeah, ninety five, ninety five, ninety five. The one, the one I thought we should have been playing for. Yeah, right, right. If Walt had got that second team, yeah, you know, like I said, I got hypothetical, but, yo, just, just, go ahead. just hypothetical. If I don't ask y'all nothing else, I got to ask y'all this. With man, Kentucky's three and six now, but we saw with they started one and six, right? Now, TD, you you committed in '91, Cam. You walked on, you had <coughs> from Georgia, but you right. walked on. Think back to y'all being seniors in high school. Had Kentucky started one and six the year that you all committed, would that change your decision? <laughs> would you reopen your recruitment? Would you still continue to? Come to Kentucky. What would you all have done if that been a situation? Well, I'll be interested to hear TD's answer because I know it has a chance of being different than mine. I wouldn't have changed it because I wasn't coming to Kentucky just because of the of the tradition. I was coming to Kentucky right. as a dad, so I wanted to play in my dad's footsteps. But right. I'd be lying if I said the tradition didn't matter. It mattered. I mean, if Dad had played it, I don't know. Let's say Tulsa, for example. And I grew up in Oklahoma. I probably still want to play where my dad played. But if Kentucky came calling, I doubt I would have turned down Kentucky. Um, that was the best. You know, I had the best of both worlds where where I had a dad who played with a team who had this amazing tradition. And then and then, um, well, they had a, I, my dad played for a team with an amazing tradition. So why would I? So I'd say no, I would have still gone if they'd started one. In, they could have <clears> gone <throat> one in 20 the year before I committed the year I committed uh, Vinny. And I'd still probably wound up going there. And Vinny, that that's a great question, man. Because I never, I never thought about what if Kentucky was had had, had a losing record and, and finished with a losing record. You know, I came in on a Christian Leitner shot. You know, that's all I remember. I'm like, man, Christian yeah. Leitner hit that shot. I'm like, I can't wait to go to Kentucky. So right. it, it, it was a different feel for me. And with me being from Tennessee and having been recruited by you know so many teams in the South, you know, if they had started off the way they did based on how Arkansas finished, it probably would have been Arkansas for me. You know, Arkansas uh-huh. or either either Memphis, which was 40 minutes from my hometown. Yeah. But when you can go in at the height of 
a story program. And I didn't even know the tradition of Kentucky. You know, I really grew up being in Memphis at the time of Memphis State, it's the University of Memphis now. Yeah. And I really didn't know about other schools. You know, I didn't know, I wasn't watching Kentucky. Uh, Arkansas knew a little bit about because they were recruiting players in Tennessee. So it, it would have been a decision that it would have been based on, okay, who is coming in with me? Who is our, who is there? Because what happens when you're being recruited, you got to see who plays your position and how long they're going to be there. So if I'm going in with some other friends and play my same position or someone that's a sophomore, which is so funny now, these kids don't want to compete. They want to come in and get the, get that position handed to them. Yeah. And Cam, I'm going to tell you this, man, we had some of the most intense, the hardest practice that we that you would ever see for college athletes game days were days off td and, I, and that was the one thing we kept saying is when we came into practice i mean practice was a just a i don't know what word to use i just remember my first practice we were right in the middle of two days right so we had midnight madness the night before and that so that's on a friday night saturday that's a that's a good two a day right coach p could get in two practices on that saturday and get in a total of three within 24 hours and um, so I remember leaving um, practice with coach uh, uh, with Mark Pope in front of me. And I was, I was this freshman. I, I mean, I hadn't done anything that practice except, but still got yelled at the whole practice. And so I'm leaving practice and I look at Mark Pope and I say, Hey Pope, come here for a sec. And I, I kind of speed up and walk. I said, is that as bad as it gets? He said, Oh no, Oh no, no, it, it's going it, to, it's going to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> and that's how it was. Cause they'd be marathon long practices. We would, and TD to say we'd scrimmage isn't even fair because it wasn't like we'd play. It wasn't like pickup games. It was pickup games where you had five coaches yelling at you about every mistake. And occasionally right. one coach would blow the whistle and cut into you for about what seemed like five minutes. It'd really be about 15 seconds. And then and then you'd have to go back at it. And I mean, they were marathons in that we'd go with what, two and a half, three hours in the afternoon. Plus we had individual instruction in the morning. And when we got to those afternoon practices, you had, especially that 95, 96 team, Vinny, you had guys, um, you had Derek, you had Ron, you had TD, you had Anthony, you had Walt, you had Mark Pope. I mean, you had some mentally tough guys that I think part of their mental toughness grew because Coach P demands it, right? You have to have it. Yeah, but absolutely. I think part of it, too, is they knew I'm not going to be given any playing time. And championship, yeah, that was the goal. But I think a lot of go goal for a lot of those guys on that team was Man, I just want playing time because there were 13 guys. What do we have? Nine guys on that team that went to the league on that nine yeah. team. So nine guys playing for playing time. All nine of them are good enough to be professional at the NBA level on some levels. So, you know, uh, Nazi was there for um, what, 18 years? He had the longest yeah. career, but, he um, did. you know, everybody had a career of some length. And that's the kind of talent you're talking about fighting every day. I mean, and there were there were times where things got heated, and it, it, it was so funny to me. I remember probably uh, on uh, it's probably Dre, of course that was the year before, but a couple <laughs> times, you know, especially with Jamal when got there, McGlory got there the next year. Oh, and then, and then um, uh, Antoine, because Antoine wasn't backing down from anybody. Antoine would just run his mouth the whole time. Um, yeah, he got all these. But, but wasn't gonna do a whole. But wasn't gonna do a whole lot of nothing though. To be honest. no, no, he, no. You're that, right. Though. No, he wasn't. No, he was. It was one of those. You know, hold me back, hold me back. Right, like he's trying to get at somebody. And then the funny thing is, Coach P just standing there, letting everybody. Nobody threw punches except one time, and that was I think '97 uh, a uh, year. But it just they got heated because guys were fighting over playing time. But yeah. the thing was, it was so amazing. And TD, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Uh, on Twitter, somebody was talking about how this team 
doesn't know how to work hard. And I'm like, or they don't know what hard work means. And I think that was the thing. They said they don't know how to work hard. And I said, well, the thing is, they don't know, they don't have anybody to teach them what hard work is, right? You got they don't. guys on Prime the example. Team. True. So you got, you know, I walked in as a freshman with Scott Paginell and Edwards, and we all thought, no matter what our talent was, we all thought we knew what hard work was, right? We thought we'd worked hard in high school. And then all of a sudden we get on the floor with these guys and with coach P and we're watching what they're going through as upperclassmen, right? I mean, we're coming in as freshmen. They're showing us, no, this is how hard you have to work here. And it's not that if you don't work this hard, you're not going to play. You don't work this hard. You're not gonna be on the team. You're going home. And coach Ooh. P was constantly throwing guys off the team, right? He threatened to throw uh, what Antoine was going to send him back to uh, Detroit. He Mercy. told Antoine to go home and don't come back. To go home, don't come back. <laughs> he said Jeff Shepard, apparently, I think this may have been the year before I got there, but there were rumors. Of, he told Jeff he's going to send him on the midnight train to Georgia, right? Hey, he he's going to send him back home, man. I mean, but it was, but, it was, hey, he, hey, he throw guys off the team. Huh? But Cam, I'm going to tell you, I, I hadn't told Vinny this story. So, you know, th this is a what? game, the Mardi Gras Miracles. And we're, we're down, I'm like, when I'm telling you, like, we're getting beat down. Like, I know, I'm just I've thinking about, highlights. hey, I'm thinking about the next day of practice because yeah. we had just lost to, Arkansas had beaten us. Yeah. We lost it. We lost in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. Went to the Carrier Dome, lost to Syracuse. So yeah. the LSU game would have been our third loss. And the speech he gave us, he said, UML. Before the game or at halftime? No, during the game. During the when game. he called a timeout. He said, <laughs> UM, he said, UMFs are going to pay tomorrow. He said, he told me, you better transfer to Memphis. Walt, you better transfer to Indiana. Jerry, you better transfer to West Virginia. Yeah. Roger Gross. So he had all the schools that he knew were recruiting. He knew where we, he knew everybody was going to go. He knew all the schools. He said, y'all better transfer back there tomorrow. He said, it's going to be the worst day of your life. So, <laughs> so, so you know, I'm thinking. Wait, hey. so, I, so the, wait a minute. The 96 season, and this came out, I think, in the documentary. That's where I get this story from. It came from Walt. <laughs> Actually, it may have came from Mark. It was Mark Pope telling the story. We were playing like, you know, that first game of the exhibition game, right? It was athletes in action. Yeah. The, uh -huh. 90, the national championship, 2016, one of the best teams in the history of college basketball. We're getting beat at halftime by athletes in action. <laughs> and so coach does this thing, TD. Coach, you know how coach does? He goes, calls the calls timeout, timeout. Come on, guy. With his smile and he's clapping, and like everybody around him thinks, oh, this is gonna be a it's gonna be amazing pep talk, right? He wears us out in this timeout for about, I don't know. It, again, it always seems like 10 minutes, it was 30 seconds. And so <laughs> the five starters, which I don't know who else it was, it probably was you. Um, it was Pope, it was Walt, you, Anthony. I'm trying to think who else it might have been. Um, <laughs> they y'all, y'all all get in a huddle, right? Coach P's now gone, he's dismissed from the huddle. He said what he had to say, but he put the fear of God in you guys because. Yeah, Mark. Mark gets around everyone in a huddle, and Walter goes, "Guys, we gotta fix this," because <laughs> the entire timeout was UMFers are gonna pay for this tomorrow. Yes. How many yeah. times did that? That man, that scared us to death because he wasn't see. He but wasn't but, but you know, but here's the thing too, Cam and V. I had already heard it, so I'm like, I heard that speech before. You know what I'm saying? So when yeah. when you've heard it, it's like, okay, dude, let's just go out there and play hard. Let's stay, let's work on executing, right. but. You know, another funny story was that you remember when we beat Georgia and he came in on a Saturday and wrote 12 of one this, on the board. This is this is Roderick's fault. This is Rhodes' fault. I'm thinking remember, like, man, listen, listen, because you remember Rhodes. Remember, we were down. I think we were up 10 in the last two minutes of the game. They cut it to no, we were up 12. They cut it to eight. Right. And so and we still won the game by like 10. But yeah. He called a timeout, ripped into us, looks at George Barber and says, 
find out what time we can get Memorial tonight. <laughs> and George Barber has to say, coach, there's an NCAA rule that says you can't practice on the same day you can play. So we're all breathing. Exactly. Like, thank God. Thank God. And then he comes in. We know he's mad, even though we got the win. And he goes up and you're right. He's, he, he writes 1201 on the board. Roderick's coming in though. And Roger's trying to keep things positive because he knows we're getting ready to get ripped. Right. Roger comes again. Way to get the win, guys. Way to get the win. And coach <laughs> takes Roger sits it down and says, BS. He goes, sit your MF down and then writes 1201 up on the board. And I that, that one that practice, we spent what three hours? Three Man, hours. Listen, film. I'm talking about on like a Saturday film. night. Well, you, you you know, think about this. You know you have plans on a Saturday night, like and we had the so next I'm, day off. The but you know what we were thinking? Off. But but Cam, you forgot this though. We were gonna protest that. We were like, dude, we're not gonna practice, you know. We're like, everybody was like, man. I don't remember was, that. Hey, hey, we was consolidated. We was like, we're not going to practice. We're gonna, so we got close. It was 10 o'clock. It was 10.30, 11 o'clock. We started getting our stuff up, man. And by 11.30, we was at Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. ready for a midnight. All right, I'll tell you. A 12 one practice. That. I don't remember. I see that was a that was a again, t- Vinny. That's the upper class. No, that, 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 that was a, that was the upper class. That was that Walter, must have been because Scott Padgett. All the upper class. No, like the freshman had nothing to do. Yeah, so, so we knew it. This is what we knew, Cam. This is what we knew. We knew if we didn't go, that <laughs> he didn't care about the freshman. He was like, okay. Oh. We knew we had we knew we had some leverage here. We was like, if we don't go, there ain't gonna be no practice. So right. we was gonna pull out. We was gonna we was gonna pull our rank and be like, man, we're not going over there. So. <laughs> And then, like I like I said, it was more about man. We just like all right, let's go get this. No, we said let's go get this practice over with. <laughs> we didn't have any rank over Coach P. That was no. Nah, yeah, I don't I care. I don't care if you're a senior freshman. I didn't know. I see. I didn't. I didn't. That's news to me. I didn't know there was. See, Cam, a- you know what, Cam? Hey, 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 Vinny, Cam, you remember the last game? We was in Moore College. It might have been our last practice. And Mark yeah. Pope set a screen on me, and I hit him. I hit him in his private area. I I, I hit him in his groin. <laughs> I nailed him right. On purpose, because I told yeah. him, I said, Mark, stop setting yeah. up illegal screens. I said, man, I'm I'm, I'm a hit illegal you. Illegal screens. Know so he set another legal screen, and Vinny, I hit I hit him in his groin. Boom. So coach yep. is telling me, you know, his punishment go to the treadmill. So I'm a yep. senior now. I'm like, man, it's like elite eight, getting ready for elite eight final. I think it was might have been elite eight game. I walked it. I yeah. was walk. He was like, 15 minutes, 25 minutes on the treadmill, 30 minutes. I looked back. I kept on walking. <laughs> I was like, okay. So you telling me you're not gonna take me not, to the elite eight game? You. You're not gonna take my mic, coach. All right. All right, that sounds good. I, I want you to explain that to the media the next day. That All right. reason so why. Had, so you had you had some seniority then. You had something. I, I did. I did. I didn't use Every, it often, but let me, the time let, I used it. <laughs> let me tell you. The, let me tell you the other side of that, Vinny. When you're an incoming, uh, well, see, I would have been a walk on. I was a walk on for my first two years, so I was either freshman or sophomore. And, and TD's right. Like, that was the punishment. He, he said, I don't yell. That's what he said. I don't yell. I just send you the treadmill, which was a lie. He yelled constantly. Um, yes. But he would – and would send you the treadmill. And so his thing was, if he got tired – like, with, with TD, he would coach, right? He'd coach him up. With someone like me, I could be a guinea pig, right? So with Cameron, it was just, just go. Just go. And I know what that meant. Go run on the treadmill. So one time yeah, I do something stupid and usually for me, cause I'm over on the side of practice on the bench and practice, not paying attention. So I'd get in, he'd put me in and I would do something. He had just told the rest of the guys don't do right. I would, I would mess up immediately doing something that he had just got done coaching on. And so he sent me the, he sent me a tremble. He said, you go in there and you run till your MF and legs fall off. 
Well, that's not a specific time, right? That's not TD. That's not like you, you said. He'd go in five minutes, ten minutes. Tell, yes. tell Lou Brown. Tell Coach Brown how how long you had to go and say how long, right? Coach said ten minutes. Well, he says till my legs run, till my legs fall off. I'm like, I don't know what to tell Coach Brown to do. So I walk in. <laughs> he sees me coming in, and that's what I hated too, because one of the managers. When Coach P would send you to the to the weight room, the treadmills were right up on the glass, so you could see yes. practice, right. So the one of the managers, when he would send someone into the to the run run on the treadmill, one of the managers would just bang bang on the glass. That way, Coach Brown would know somebody's coming in. So by the time you got in there, he already had treadmill up to ten miles an hour, right? He already had it just blazing. You go in, you hear that thing blazing. You're like, I can't, man. I'm the, well, we've been practicing two hours. I can't do this. So he'd tell you to go up there. So I, he says, how long to me? And I said, he said, run until my legs fall off. I don't know what that means. So he puts it up. He puts it around. About 30 minutes later, I'm still on this stupid treadmill. And so, and, and Brown comes out and, and I'm dying. I am absolutely dying. He said, look, just swing your arms really hard and make it look like you're running hard. He goes, I'll put, he put the, the speed down to like five miles an hour. So I was basically walking. And he said, just swing your arms and make it look like you're running hard. So the next thing I know I'm watching practice and I see coach P doing this. And then I, I don't hear him or I don't see him because his back is to me. I see the entire team point to me. Cause what he said was where the F is Cameron. He had forgotten. He had sent me in there. I had been gone so long. Yeah. He had forgotten where I was. So he turns and this is the worst part of it. He turns around, looks at me and, and laughs. And I mean, he gets to chuckle because he forgotten. He forgot about me. And I'm sitting there dying. I have literally almost run to my legs and fallen off. And he sit there and does, gives me the, <laughs> come on out here. So I have to run out. What's he do? He immediately puts me in practice. I immediately make a mistake. He sends me right back into the treadmill. That, that was that, I spent an hour on that treadmill. And Vinny, I've told you this before. My nickname, because of these guys, my nick, I had several great nicknames. And we all had great nicknames. TD had a great one because it's TD. That's easy. But uh, my nickname was Treadmills for at least three of the four years I was there because I spent most of my time on the treadmill. Hey man, hey, I, hey, I, I forgot about that, but he he did spend a lot. He spent a lot of time on the treadmill, man. Yeah, and I, I you know, it, it was so bad. Like we felt bad for him because when you become a senior, like you've gone through, yeah, it's like your it's like your rookie rookie initiation. Like you've gone through I it, and you've seen it. But I'm like, man, that that treadmill was was fierce. That, that treadmill. What, what, when I look at this generation of kids, you know, just in, and I'm going to share this with my coach and what Cam just said is that my kids don't really know how to work hard because they yeah. haven't seen it. So right. you can't look at a teammate that's the same age as you and see what a work ethic is or what yeah. hard work is. They don't know. So that's in their right. mind, they're thinking they're working, they're working hard. hard. Like I really thought I worked I worked hard in yeah. college, I mean, in high yeah. school until I got to college. I was yeah. like, dude, this is real. You know what I'm saying? Like it really became real to me that the intensity level. Yeah. Uh, can you sustain it over time? Not that you can play hard one possession, two possessions. Right. We That's had to do that hard. for three. For like, think about this, Cam. For two or three hours. Yeah. We had to play hard. And, that's and what, my and kids that's don't why, understand that. That's why game days became off days for us. That's what they were. Game days were. I mean, they were literally days off because you had a three-hour practice where you had all 10 guys, maybe 11 or 12, in busting their tail for three hours. On a game day, you had a maximum five guys busting their tail for 200 total minutes, right? That was it. So game days, man, it, now they were hard if we lost, but if we won, man, they were a day off. But, T.D., do you remember, because you would have been there for, um, like you said, you were there when MASH was there. 
and you remember the transformation that Mash went through where like he was eating McDonald's every day, right? Because that's how he grew up. Oh, he yeah. better. And all of a sudden right. he gets to Kentucky, he learns how to work hard. He learns how important nutrition is. He learns all this stuff. And unless you're around somebody that demands that, whether it's the coach or your teammates that you're competing with uh, for playing time, nobody can show you how to work hard. You have, or no one can tell you how to work hard. They have to show you by you watch it. You oh, have to see it. You, have, you know so, what? So, but here's so another TD's thing. Going, TD's going full force for two and a half hours today. So I play the same position TD. He was a two guard. I was a two guard. So if I want to be, if I ever want to merit playing time, not even over him, just in general, I got to watch how he works. And so for these two and a half hours, I have to mirror everything he does. In my freshman year, I couldn't do it. I don't think anybody can do it their freshman year because your no. body, and you know this, the leap between your freshman and sophomore year, that's huge. Your and body hadn't gotten there. But, you know, a lot of it was, Cam, was uh, was the mental part, the mental toughness. Like, yeah. if you come into it, like, with my with my kids in my program, and like I said, I'm, I'm so glad we had this conversation. Yeah. Because, you know, the mental aspect of it is that, that I saw Coach Patino work hard early in the morning, like, on the treadmill. I was yeah. like, man – if yeah. he works that hard at five o'clock in the morning, yep. 50 years old, that dude, we got to match or do better than what he's doing. So when you see your leader doing it, that's, right. that's when everybody else will fall in line. Yeah. But you can't be the leader and don't show the people that you work hard we, because guess what they said? Oh, you're a fraud. You know, you're fake. You're in, not really doing it. We come in when we had 6 a.m. TD, we'd come in and Coach P would be on the treadmill, I mean, drenching sweat. We yes. got in at six o'clock, six a.m. practice. He'd been there since five o'clock on the treadmill. And so when your fifty-year-old yes. coach is working out, is and, and basically you think he's in better shape than you are. He may be older, but he may be in just as good a shape you are. How are you not going to match that? And you know he did that intentionally, right? He wanted us to see him working out. I remember he and yes. coached the OB on the tre- on the stairmaster all the time. They had he you know, to their own and, personal and, stage. And, and, and you pretty much, shows. and we know, we know Coach Obi didn't want to be on that. On, uh, no, on that, was, that was that was Coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, Obi. like, 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 really, like, really, your 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 job, your job, your job depends on you being on that stepmaster with Coach. You know what I'm saying? So it was yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, dang, oh, I said, I know, you know, you can look at somebody's face and tell they don't want to be there, <laughs> and that's the and that's the face that Coach Obi had. Like, hey, if Coach about, wasn't paying me, how about the days? <laughs> Because Coach P would walk down from his office, right? We'd be down there warming up, stretching. How about the days when Obi would be down there and we'd be looking up at that door, waiting for that door to open, hoping Coach P and coming. Maybe he's out recruiting. And those days when it was just Obi, Obi yelled and ran at a raid, but, man, it was nothing like when Coach P was there. No, man, Coach, Coach P was a, a different monster. Oh, you're right. Terrifying. Him walking – him walking down them steps, man, was just, like was when, I, when I tell you, like the devil, like like the devil had had just arisen. <laughs> that's who we thought Coach P was coming down them steps because it went from like having an individual having an individual structure that was going to be fun and it was going to be okay. We're going to work hard. hard, yeah. But when Coach P came, mm. when I tell you, it, it your intensity level had to go through through the roof, and mm. it was like, and you had a class afterwards, so it was like right. going that hard. Well, a class, knowing, yeah, two or three. Yeah, well, yeah, true, true story. Well, I'll tell you yeah. one thing. You didn't miss class. I, I, I didn't miss no class. I didn't, I, women, I didn't my freshman year. I missed plenty sophomore, junior, senior year because they oh, stopped nah, checking I, on me. But you know what? To, to this day, everybody think I made class. I'm like, man, I, I, I missed so many classes. I, but you know what I said? But, but, I, but the reputation was early. I was like Cam. That's right. I went to all my classes. Went to I class showed up. Stopped. I was they, there on they, time. They I met my tutors. Yeah. They don't want to go check every class. They want to go, all right, who's missing class? Scott Paget. We got to go check Scott. Until Scott became like, you know, SEC All-American, academic All-American, they stopped checking on him. 
That's just yes. how it works. It's, yes. about, it's about trust. Hey, TD, one other thing that, that I want to talk to you about, and I know you guys are talking to me, but I, you're talking about your kids because to me, this is the biggest lesson that I think I learned in my four years at UK or my three years under Coach P. And that was how to be coached because as hard as Coach P was, you and I both know it, it seemed personal, but it never was personal because Coach P didn't have a doghouse, right? He may have had right. one of Scott Paget for a year. But he other did. than that, other than that, but Scott deserved to be in the doghouse. Yeah, he did. But other than that, Coach P would yell at you. And then he literally, his memory was such, he'd literally forget why he yelled at you. Now, he could remember it later on if you did the same stupid thing. But the point right, was, right. He, he'd expected you to correct yourself, learn, and move on. He right. didn't dwell on your past mistakes. Right. And as, as personal as his ranting and raving at you felt, and it would make you feel this big, you felt like he hated you. He didn't hate you. And when you got over that hump, and that was the mental hump when you were bringing up earlier, TD, you're talking about the physical mental hump. I was mm -hmm. thinking of the mental hump of getting to the point where I realized he does not hate me. He is yelling at me because he wants me to be the best I can be. And the moment right. I made that turn was the moment he could yell at me all day and it would just fall, fall off my back because I knew he might throw right. me out of practice. I got thrown out of a few practices. He might threaten to throw me out of a game but he doesn't hate me. And the moment you start to think this is what coaching is, it is him raising his voice, raising his expectation and trying to get me to the point where what he demands from me is what I demand from myself. Because Dang, at our reunion, that's big time at our reunion. Um, the one thing I became aware of and think about it, our reunion was 18 years after I got done playing, right? 20, 19 years or so. It was that reunion that I realized he recruited you. He recruited Ron. He recruited DA. He recruited Walt. He had investment in you guys, right? He had mm -hmm. to make sure he got everything out of you all. He didn't have anything invested in me. He could have right. saved his breath, saved his energy, and never yelled at me and just left me over here in the corner. And as a result, I never would have gotten better. But he didn't because that's not Coach P. Coach P is – he's not going to let anybody just be average. He is going to right. treat me – the same way he treated Tony Delk. So you've got a you've exactly. got an all American here. Who, there ain't no favorites. There are no favorites. <laughs> and when there are no, no I'll take that back. The only the only favorite was Mash. Oh, Everybody well, else no, was I was gonna say, wait a minute. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Ron Mercer was a favorite for a year. For for, for a little while, Ron. You was a favorite, hey, do you remember the day? And I'm I don't know if you were there. This may have been 97, I, but I think it was 96 his freshman year. Ron apparently went to Coach P and told Coach P that he didn't respond well to all this yelling. Right. That was 96, so, man. Of course. Was that not? Okay. So, all right. So he, so he tells, he tells Ron, okay, Ron, he goes, I understand. He goes, um, all right, I, I'll, I'll try not to yell at you as much. This is coach P's next move. The very next practice, which was like in 45 minutes, he brings all the whole team together. <laughs> right. He says, guys, Ron's told me he doesn't like being yelled at. So I'm going to take it easier on him. And the rest of the team's looking around like, what are you, you going to take it easy on him? And Ron sat there, embarrasses all get out, and Coach didn't take it easy on him at all. So instead of telling him, like, okay, I'll take it easy, he called him out in front of the whole team. Yes. Yes, he was worked. as hard on him as he ever was. It and worked. it was it was hysterical. At the time, it was it was like, I don't know what's getting ready to happen. Ron may walk out of here. But, man, it got funny years later. Well, so here, here's my question to you, Cam, is that, yeah. um, you know, you said something that's very important as far as, like, what, getting – removing your feelings out of the way yes so how you. long did it take you to remove those feelings you know whether you're like midway through your freshman year your in uh, your took, freshman your sophomore year when did you remove your feelings it took um do you remember okay after the loss to, to north carolina in birmingham right the 95 season 
we had individual meetings with him at the hotel the next morning. And <laughs> I, and I'm, and now the funny thing is he included me and Alan in the same meeting. He, he I'll do Alan and Cam at the same time, which I thought meant, Oh, we're both gone. He's kicking us both off the team, which I right. thought was unfair to Alan because Alan was a scholarship player. I thought, all right, if he gets rid of me, okay, I, I played a year <laughs> for Kentucky. I live my dream. So he includes Alan and I, and, and so he's, he's just, you know, the whole reason for the meeting was kind of, I think it was kind of his way of just digging in a little deeper, right? Just to kind of twist that nail a little bit more in case we weren't hurting enough from the loss the night before. Um, but the, the onus was, okay, we're going to look ahead to next year, what I expect from you over the summer, that kind of thing. I'm in that meeting, TD, and uh, he's talking to Alan. Then he turns to me. And uh, basically, I told him, I said, Coach, I said, first of all, I, I just want – I just feel like I'm in the way. Like I, like I, you know, I'm not playing. I said, I never, I, you never promised me playing time. I never thought I would play, but I'm getting yelled at so much is basically what I was saying that I just feel like I'm in the way. And he looked at me kind of weird said, Cameron, I don't, I don't think you're in the way at all. And so it was that meeting where I thought, Oh, he literally looks at me like he does every other player. I'm not a nuisance. I'm not a problem. I felt like one. Cause I was getting, I felt like I was getting picked on. Right. Cause if he throws me out of practice, he doesn't lose anything at practice. If he throws me on the treadmill, he doesn't lose anything. He's still got his talent out there. So I always felt like I was in the way. And so when we had that little meeting and he looked at me very sincerely and said, no, Cameron, you're on the way. I love having you on this team. That was news to me. I didn't feel like he loved having me on the team. So we had that talk and I, and it was that point I realized he doesn't hate me. He didn't hate any of these, these guys. He loves right. these guys and it's his love, believe it or not that is causing him to yell, rant, and rave and not let us get away with yeah. half-hearting half it or half-assing it. The moment right. the moment he he ignores you, it's like what you tell a parent, or, you know, when the coach ignores you, that's when you're in trouble, right? Yeah. When the coach is on you, you know, you going home and telling dad, I don't think the coach likes me, that means the coach is on you. That's the best thing you can, you know, the coach can be is be on you all the time. It's yeah. when he ignores you that that's when you ought to worry about your position on the team. Your time, yeah. So it took me one year. That, to that, that's that. when you realize I think it's time to transfer. You know, because yeah. now coach is that he's you. moved on, and I, and I try to, I try to, you know, that's I don't, good. I don't like to do things like that to my kids because they're still kids. You know, they're yeah. still trying to, trying to figure this out, working yeah. hard. What position do I play? Then they, you know, then certain kids are growing first. Some certain kids just aren't tough, and right. it's really trying to deal with so many different personalities. You know, in in an academy, and then having girls in the academy. Yeah, so. You know, there's different well, coaches for everyone. You you mentioned certain kids aren't tough, and I think that's that's the one thing that yeah, there's certain kids that aren't tough, but I think, and that's the biggest thing I think I learned in my four years there. But I think I learned it in one year under Coach P was you can become tough, like you can learn. Oh. And again, it's, it's by watching somebody. Oh, well, it's the work ethic thing, right? I thought I knew how to work hard. I'm watching Tony Delk and Ron Mercer and Derek Anderson bust their tail for playing time that's what working hard looks like. Oh, I got to match that. So it's the same thing of, well, if, if, if it's that hard to be here, if it's that, if I, that's what I have to do to be here, it's the same thing. Well, then I got to get tougher. Otherwise I'm going to walk away. Right. You're either going to be on Cause he treated everybody the same. He really did. Like you said, mash. And then that one, he, I, Ron thought he was going to treat him differently. He never did, but no, he did you can learn how to be tougher. <laughs> you can learn. You can learn because you think you, if you think you work hard, you think you're tough. You think you're mentally tough. Nobody knows how mentally tough you have to be until you're there that freshman year. And you see the man from high school to college. <laughs> and then you see the hey. lead from any coach to coach P. Until you, hey, Vinny, until you have to do a hundred, until you have to make 170 layups in four minutes, you don't four know minutes. toughness. No. You don't know. 
You don't know what and, kind of shape you're in. No. And, and what if you're that you one? And you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out what kind of teammates you got too. That's right. And what if? Because the 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 most mental toughness, the most difficult thing about that is if you're down to uh, what was that? 170. Yeah. 170. You're coming down. 10 seconds left. You got the ball. You're doing left hand layups, and you're the freshman. And we got 169. And you're hoping the guy down here is going to hit 170 because you're not sure you're going to make it because you're exhausted and you wind up missing that. And all of a sudden, everybody in the gym hates you. That's when you become mentally tough because you're either going to walk out or you're going to stick around and say, okay, these guys are stuck with me because I'm not going anywhere. You don't learn that on day one. You learn that on like day, maybe in the tournament, your freshman year, because by that time you start to realize what kind of teammates you have. And you know what? Also, I got to let Benny get in. Get in, Benny, man. Get in. Get involved. I just had one quick one. With being the, the shooters that y'all were, the snipers, both of y'all on the top 15 in Kentucky's, you know, three-point percentage list, tell the listeners the difference or what it takes to get your shot off in high school as compared to college. Getting your shot well, off in college, like Dante Allen is the hot topic. Right. And how you get your shot off now in college as opposed to how you could, you know, get your shot off in high school what's that difference well I'll, I'll tell you number one when 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 td's guarding you he's got these seven foot the seven foot wingspan it's six, six foot one um that's hard enough as it is um but it's you it's got to be quick but here's the thing and this is the coaches prepare you for it without you realizing what they're preparing you for because td mentioned individual instruction earlier individual instruction isn't just about getting 500 shots up in 45 minutes it's about getting them up fast and at game speed when I was in high school, and again, it goes back to what I thought working hard was. I thought, okay, if I'm going to go in, I'm going to get 500 shots up. It'd take me an hour and a half to do it. All of a sudden, I get to UK, and i got to get 500 shots up in 45 minutes. That means I've got to get them up at game speed with somebody running at me. And you learn pretty quickly once you get past that, even in scrimmage, you don't get your shot up quick, and you don't get it off quick. It's coming back the other way. Some, if somebody's right on you, you don't have the same – I'd have what seemed like half an hour to get a shot up in high school. You get to UK with these guys and all of a sudden you've got, you don't even have a half second to get it up. You got to catch release, which means you got to learn how to use a screen. You got to learn how to come off a screen. You got to learn how to read a screen. And then you got to hope that your man got hit by an illegal screen by Mark Pope. And when he did, you (laughs) might might have a split second to get a shot off. So it's just all about repetition over and over and over again, because I think I counted up one TD. If you can't take every individual instruction we had for five months a year, man, we gotten up over a million shots in four years at UK. Just, just, and we got up a lot of shots. I, I do, I do have to agree with you as yeah. far as, like I said, just that part of, of the game, you don't even think about. Like it becomes a, it's, it's a great routine and yep. the transition from high school, the speed of the game, the speed of the game. And then, like I said, yep. the athlete that you're playing against. And you yeah. don't – so every time we did individual instruction, everything was game speed. game speed. And even though, like, some of the terminology that coach used, let's say, 20-something years ago, it's still yeah. the same terminology I yeah. try to relate to our players and our kids. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's received differently from the kids because what they don't know, if the parents buy in, at this age, the kids going to buy in. But the That's parents true. can't buy them because the parents don't understand because they never went through it. So right. how can I tell you about hard work when you never worked hard yourself as, well, a, you think as of, an you athlete? Know, you don't know. I think of um, I think B.J. Mackey, right, South Carolina. BJ, BJ's now coaching, right? So I think – and I, 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 B.J.'s probably got a son that is is close to playing uh, – close to our age. or His son's not our age. B.J.'s our age. And I think B.J. can relate to his son what it takes. 
you can relate to your kids what it takes. My dad, when I went home my freshman year, bawling my eyes out because Coach P said something mean to me my freshman year, my dad <laughs> would sit there and tell me about Nate off rub. Right? He hurts your feelings, man. And, and, you, and you got, you know what? You got, you got your little feelings hurt. You oh, know what I'm saying? And more my, than mommy, here, here's the thing, too. With these kids, mommy's always there to pick the kids up. You know, <laughs> right. my mom was old school. She was like, she told me. Yep. And I told her I was going to transfer back home. She's like, you're not coming back here. Yep. She said, you can forget that. And you that, say, your bedroom is not your bedroom anymore. Oh, I love that. That and that's a, and that's and look what happened. That's a mama that loves you, right? Because I was like, what, and she's like, no, you're not coming back. I'm like, what yep. do you mean? She's like, you're not coming back here. No, you said I, I mean that. Yeah, and I, I mean, was and, like, and that's what. It was, but it was time for me to grow up, though. It, 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 exactly. was, it was the time for me to grow up and start becoming a mature man. Because she said, you made that decision to go to the University of Kentucky. Right. I didn't make that decision. That's on I you. I went home five times my freshman year, uh, guys, and I'll end it on this. Uh, but I went home five times my freshman year. Um, literally with tears in my eyes because Coach P hurt my feelings. That's exactly right, TD. And my mom was the one, um, and, and, and no offense to my mom, I love my mother, but my mom was like my, my poor baby, not dad. Because dad's, <laughs> attitude, dad's attitude was, let me tell you about Adolph Rupp. Let me tell you what I went through. Let me tell you, look, if you're right. going to play this level, this is what it's going to mean. It, this is, Playing basketball, and that's the one thing, TD, everyone looks at the glory that we got because they see the championship banners go up. They see the championship celebrations in 96, right. 97, or 98, or they see the winning games. They don't see those three-hour workouts in Memorial Coliseum. Nobody ever they, sees they, they, they missed all of that, man. They and missed they, all and that. Like said, and you, you know as well as I do, that's 98% of what we did. That's it. They, they don't – and see, that's where, like, even with the media and people that come in and watch, like, for, for – for, let's say you come and watch for three hours. Yeah. Well, you don't know. We do that every – you know, we every was doing day. that – Every day, every day, every day for months, you know, and, and just competing against the best players. Cause yeah. we were the best players, you know, yeah. in college basketball that you yeah. saw. And we, you saw that dude every day. And he'll tell you, Cam will tell you this. We, Paul, we, we played hard every day. He can't tell he you any day he ever walked in and he, and, and Tony Gell didn't play hard. Like once I, no. once I learned how to play hard, I, I never turned it off. No. And it, my and kids don't know that. The, the thing is, is that, you know what, and I, part of it is because I think we learned how to play that way. Part of it is we had a coach that wouldn't let us do it. We wouldn't let us turn it off. Nope. Because if, if you turned it off, he was in your face immediately. So that was the hard yeah. thing about that. But if you turn it off, like, like you know, and this was, if you turn it off, you didn't play, man. And, no, and, and all play. those televised games and people yep. watching you, that's what, they were like, why are you not playing? Oh, yeah. well, you couldn't tell them your excuse was, I didn't play hard at practice. That's right. No, you couldn't. Yeah, that never came out in the media, did it? <laughs> No, it was always so, the well, reason coaches, why I'm not playing is coach has made a decision. <laughs> yeah. Coach has made a decision. Can you imagine decision. telling somebody the reason direction. I'm not playing? I didn't play hard hey, at practice. I got I got hit one thing. I got one hit thing you're leaving out though. TD, one thing you're leaving out. Yeah, it was three hours every day until Christmas vacation. Then it was six hours every day. <laughs> yes. No, everybody yeah. forget, man, there was no four hour rule, no day off rule during Christmas break. And that's ultimately every year when we got better because all of a sudden Man, there are no rules. We're going to practice, and we're literally going to run until our legs fall off. That's how we did it. I got to get y'all quote. I got to hit y'all with this quote because we know Kentucky plays Florida Saturday. We know they've won two in a row in the SEC. Both of you guys preach nothing matters till March, but they asked Dante Allen after the Mississippi State game, you know, because the whole state wants him to play. Right. We've seen the guys out there struggling to hit perimeter shots. This kid is a shooter. So he had to he had the pressure of the whole state. What's he gonna do? Get Dante out there, get Dante to play. 
you talked about it on your show Sunday, Cam, the same that you were in that similar situation. But the, the first question after the game was, how did you, you feel? Froze up. You froze up, Benny. Yeah. How did you feel? I believe he froze up. Anyway, you, I mean, you know where he was headed with the question. There you go, so. Benny. Benny, oh, read, is, read, the, read oh, the quote again, Benny. We missed was, it. They they asked Dante Allen, how did you feel with having all that pressure to come in and, and perform? And he yeah. said, I didn't view it as pressure at all because I put in the work. So how did yep. how does that make you guys feel? I love it. Young guys I love it. it. That's that's the man. I, tell me that's not what you want to hear, TD. Because you I don't. Mean, I love it. I mean, I can't what, say what, nothing about that. I mean, what's more, you know, what's more pressure? There's more pressure in that practice when you've got when you're fighting over t- playing time. You've got a coach in your face. Man, again, it goes back to game days or off days. You don't feel that pressure. And TD, did you ever when that ball went up? Did you ever have a have a thought that you were playing in front of twenty four thousand people? Never thought about it. Never. Th- and and, never I, and, and that it. and that's the don't. and to be honest with you, that that is the honest truth. Like I yeah. never thought about it. Even when I when I packed my gym in Brownsville, Tennessee. Yeah. I never thought about the people. There there were gyms that the people were almost like on the floor, and. I never, I never thought about the yeah. You know, once that yeah. ball went up in there, it was about business no. because, like I said, the preparation, all the times I uh, put in working on my game, working on shooting, yeah. working on ball handling, I was like, dude, it's it's time, it's it's yeah. time to to showcase yeah. all the hard work I put in behind closed doors that most people will never see it, and and don't don't even have the 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 understanding of yeah. how much work is put in behind closed doors. I was nervous, Vinny. I was nervous for my high school games, right? In high school, I was nervous for the games. Now, once the ball tipped, like TD says, you just kind of forget everything going on in the peripheral. You don't, you don't, you don't pay any attention to, you don't even know you're not aware of it. I was never nervous for a UK game mm. because number one, there was far more preparation went into it. Number two, Man, you don't have time to be nervous because you're thinking about those 36-page scouting reports that you had gotten two days <laughs> earlier, right? I mean, you're thinking about all – you are. You're worried about your assignments. You're worried about, oh, dude, like – I mean, I remember one time I was told – this is freshman year. I was told I was going to start against Syracuse. I'm like, I, I wouldn't start on the JV team if we had one this year. But I had to prepare the same way and remember thinking – and I didn't – by the way, not only did I not start, I didn't play. But the point is, is that I had to prepare because – there was scouting reports that were 36 pages long and you were expected to know it all. You were expected to net make every rotation, make every assignment, make every switch. You had to know what to do when you got out there. You didn't have time to worry about who you were playing in front of or impressing anybody. How did, Dang. how did Stackhouse had to adjust Vandy's scouting report after Dante Allen went for 23? Because he's the first five or six games were not hitting shots. How do they adjust it? Is it, is it, do they panic? Is it, oh, how do they, how do they change that quickly? I don't know how they do it because I don't know. I honestly, and it's nothing against Dante. I don't think Dante's going to come out and have the same kind of game he had. That doesn't mean he won't in the future, but I don't think he's going to come out and shoot that way the next game, maybe because of what um, of the adjustments that are made. But that's the point. Now all of a sudden, and Coach Cal said this the other day, whether Dante shoots like that in the next game or not, okay, they know he can shoot. He's, he's, yeah. he's going to change the defense. The defense has to adjust to him more so because – we know he can put up 23 and hit seven threes in one game. He, he is capable of doing it. So whether he has a game or not, he's a fear factor. So he's got to stretch the defense. And that's the positive thing that comes out of this for UK. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, like I said, he's a threat now. And right. that's what Kentucky didn't have from outside. They didn't have no, no pure threat. And when you have a threat for all the athletes that he recruits, you know, and I'm yeah. surprised that, you know, and we, we never know year to year who's going to leave, you know, because I didn't think quickly was going to leave. Right. I know Hagen was kind of like on the fence as far as staying and going. Yeah. 
And, and that's where your leadership is gone because most of these teams that are doing well and faring well this year, they have veteran leadership. So we, yeah. we're thinking about a bunch of high school players that just finished AAU, just finished their high school season where everything has been about them. And then you tell these guys, come in and play basketball with no, with no preseason. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of tell, like, there's so many elements of the game that's missed because, as we talked about earlier, the transition from high school to college, the work ethic, uh, understand the speed of the game, a scouting report. Teams know what you do extremely well. They take, yeah. they, they're going to take your tendencies away. But back to Allen is that shooting, if you have shooters now, and Cam and I, you know, Cam probably makes a million of dollars too because shooting is something that is lost. It was lost for a few years. And Steph Curry really helped bring shooting back from the smaller guys. You know, yep. it was always about you got to be this height to play the two guards, the, the, yeah. the uh, small four. Right. But when you start putting shooting on the court and analytics kicked in and say, we yeah. like threes better than we like two, yeah. it eliminated some of the athletes in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just love, as far as Dante and TD, this goes back to something with your career, because you know the biggest leap you made in your career was between your freshman and sophomore year. Because I remember your freshman year, you were just a freshman, right? Sophomore yes. year, all of a sudden, you were the leading scorer on the team in the blue-white game. Right. I remember that blue-white game, because I was I was a, a – what would I have been? Well, heck, people, I forgot, been hey, Cam, people forgot about me my freshman year. It was like, yeah, yeah. who was, it, who was, it, who was this top-ranked McDonald's All-American player? And, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know, some of it was Coach Patino because I, I think he had a plan. Yeah. But if I had been ready my sophomore year in that Final Four game, I felt we would have won. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But he had taken some of – he didn't take all my confidence away because I knew I still – I knew I was killing guys at practice. Like, dude, yeah, exactly. you can't – my confidence is not going anywhere. I know I can play. It's right. just that you got to put me in position and give me yeah. the opportunity because yeah. you can't go from not playing as a freshman yeah. To lead to the leading score the next year, and, and people looking at him saying like, "Okay, why did he?" The the work was already put in, but it was that. Yeah. I didn't know if he was worried about you know us taking away from Mash, and I think yeah. some of that was because Roderick yeah. and I were you know both McDonald's like both yeah. of us were high level basketball. Players. But at some level, he's got to be building a program there, which means he's got he to have one McDonald's All American. He's got to have two or yes. three. And yes, he, he does, going. and also you got to have guys like like with Coach Cal. Guys is going to stay and help help teach other guys how to perform and how to like play. And that's Miller what and, this and team Cooney. doesn't have. This team doesn't have anyone right. who could teach anyone to work ethic, how to play uh, well, on defense. You know, maybe. the different. Maybe. Yeah, so it's, it's it's different. Maybe Dante's that guy. Maybe the greatest thing Dante gives to this team because he's a he's a redshirt freshman, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the greatest mm-hmm. thing Dante gives his team is he's a sophomore. Basically, he may not have played a whole lot last year, but he was around the team and knows what it takes. Maybe mm. it's he, maybe he's does damage from three point line. Maybe he doesn't, but maybe he's that guy who isn't going to leap to the league after one year and is going to stick around. And here in a couple years, he's going to be the guy that's going to teach these kids. Hey, just because we're down ten with five minutes left doesn't mean the game's over. And to me, right. when I watch these guys play. That's what I feel like they quit. They quit, or and they can have the lead with five minutes tip by ten with five minutes left and think the game's over. Game isn't over. You got to have somebody that's going to stand. We got to play 44 minutes here because otherwise we may have like a Georgia situation like we had in, in uh, 94, 95, where, you know, you almost give up a lead to a team that you have no business losing to. Right. I think that's what right. Dante can do is maybe he'll stick around for a few years, become a great shooter, even more so than he's already shown he is, but be that Darius Miller that the 2012 team had. Because that's what we and you And you need those kind of players. You need those kind of players in your program. It's great to get the McDonald's All-Americans. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, 
there still have to be players around to teach the younger guys how to play. And whether that's a, a Kentucky grown guy, uh, Mr. Basketball Kentucky, like sometimes you just have to say, okay, we're letting good players that can yeah. be good for your players out of our state. Yeah. And we got to start going after those guys. Cause if you, if you're born in Kentucky, chances are it's your dream to play at UK. That's right. For the most part. And don't forget those players you might go and get all these other players, but I, I always look at taking care of home first. Yeah. I want that home guy because I know yeah. how hard he's going to play for us because, you know, that, that, that name on the back of his jersey means something. That's my home state. Right. I have to represent not only my, uh, my family, yeah. I represent the state that I put on the back of my uh, yeah. back of that jersey. Well, that's what a lot of fans, everybody knows, Vinny, you know, there's a lot of fans have been wa- wanting him to kind of, you know, maybe take one scholarship a year and give it to a Kentucky boy, maybe go after Mr. Basketball every year. Whether he does or he doesn't, I think Dante, I hope, I think Dante's really teaching him a lesson that, you know what, it is going to be a lot having that Kentucky kid that if, even if he doesn't give you, you know, seven threes a game, he's going to give you more heart and practice and he's not going to let your team quit because that, that jersey or that name on the front of his jersey means so much. So I'm hoping that's mm. what he gets out of it. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. but Amazing. guys, I got to run. I, I love you both. Vinny, love you. TD, man, good talking to you. Are you sitting on your Pleasure, throne? Man. Like sitting on the throne. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm the king of, uh, of, uh, of my gym right now. So I'm getting ready to go in and work with my ah. kids here. Hey, dude, <laughs> tell, us, tell us about them docs. We got, we got the team. We got out of the blue. And out of the blue, got, yeah. So everybody got to get a fight of his life. We got to get a yeah. fight of his um, life. So everybody can go to outoftheblumovie.com, and you can see all three documentaries uh, virtually. You can download digitally, or you can order the DVDs, and I'll ship them out to you. So all three are still available online at outoftheblumovie.com. Support my guy, no doubt. Amen. Hey, Great having you on, man. All right, man. Love you both. Okay, Kevin take Mills care. Radio, 7 to 9, Sundays, WLAP, and affiliates all over the state. Got the radio yep. show, too. So And CameronMillsRadio.com. You can find yeah. the affiliates and see uh, see some UK uh, UK news uh, trading every day, too. You were even kind enough to let me write there. So I wrote a few articles. You, you did, there. and then you unkindly left me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right man take care of yourself man love you too one bro. of the best love. things to having you and terry and all all that first crew that basically started that that website Vinny. i love you guys to death for helping me do that so oh, y'all have a great day love you td okay love you. all right guys appreciate you td man have a good session good hey, training man. hey you know what but what we can't get we can't forget about can't forget about our lots of rain man we got to send a shout out to those guys and you know, they just sent me a uh, one of my I lost a piece on my on my watch and they sent me out uh, extra band band. And uh, we're working. We're working on the timepiece, man. I, we, we got we got some in production. And, and when I get it, V, I'm definitely going to show it to you, man. And and uh, let them know hey, I am definitely grateful that they have uh, become a part of what we're doing, you know, helping our podcast grow even more. But also just, you know, understanding the importance of having that great timepiece on your on your wrist. Absolutely. Lotterrain.com. And y'all tweet at him on Twitter. He, Dave is active on Twitter all the time. Got the yeah, yeah, Dave is. On Instagram, yeah. Facebook. Everybody go and get you a watch. And, and when you got pulled like TD, you can get a <laughs> customized piece. That's where it's at right there. That you know, is, man. I can't even lie. When I, when I talk to him, he's like, yeah, man, just show me, send me a couple of pictures. I was like, for real? Okay, hold on just a minute. Let me go take a picture, couple of pictures of these watches here. And uh, but no, 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 just like I said, just good people and, you know, just staying connected with with the right people. And that's how we're doing right now. Just staying connected and touching bases. But, you know, just having Cam on some of the stories, you know, are so are so realistic that I, I 
as I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about some of the things I want to share, not only with my kids, but with my parents to understand how important it is, you know, just to buy in, understand what work ethic really is. Not, not that fake and pretend I see my kid run and he's going hard. I'm like, no, I didn't understand work ethic um, until a couple of practices when I was like 15 minutes in and I had nothing left. I was like, man, we got to do this for another 30 minutes. And then we had a three hour practice. I was like, I'm not going to make it. I, I might have to transfer to another school. Like, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. But once you start doing it every day, it becomes routine. And your body, guess what your body does? Your body makes an adjustment to it. Because your body has never gone through that kind of, that kind of physical uh, dueling practice that, that most people have never experienced. I say when your body and mind are on the same page, I say now you can accomplish anything. Oh, so you, you have to dig deep those first few times and then your body. Woo! Man. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> like there was, there was nothing like I said when they said reserve tank, man. I had went into, I went into the reserve tank five minutes into practice. That's crazy. I'm like, there's nothing. The reserve tank is out of gas too. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. The spare tank. Is <laughs> hey man, yes man. But no, it, it's another like I said, another great episode. Uh, and, and before we get off, man, you know, you know, I'm not gonna let you get off this podcast. We're go. not talking about your cowboy. And I know you thought they was gonna win too. Don't act like you 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 thought you was like, man, we're gonna sneak in the playoff and I'm a I'm a tweak something nice. No, dude. <laughs> See, we, y'all lost. Just like, you know, in this situation, you, you were talking about the was it Green Bay where you should have challenged and you didn't? Is that what the game mm-hmm. and yeah? Now this is I haven't been a McCarthy fan anyway, but now we got <laughs> We got six minutes left in your season. Yeah. Actually, it's only four minutes because the last two minutes is under review. You can't challenge when it's under two minutes. You got right. four minutes left in your season. And you mean to tell me you can't, you you didn't see the need to challenge whether the dude caught that pass or not. And then that would have been a 60-yard field goal if it gets overturned. They right. can 50-yard field goal. It puts them up four. Now you got to have a touchdown at the end when you could have went and won it with a field goal. What? Why are we holding on to that challenge? What's? But hold on. But but, but but think about this too, V. Do you think that's because he's been out the game that he might have just you know late game situation? He he hadn't been in in a while. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you play that in the fact that like even though your season's on the line. Sometimes coaches get caught up in the game and they just kind of forget what's going on, you know, and it's kind of like, dang, I should have challenged that. Because I know if hindsight is twenty twenty, he probably went back and more than likely kicking himself about not challenging that. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think losing Dak early, um, you know, and him coming in as a new coach, because you can't look at what he did in Green Bay because he had, you know, the, the year Aaron, Aaron Rodgers having, man, it let you know that dude, as, as Stephen A said, he's a bad man. Yeah, that's it. And so, Tennessee found out too he's a bad man. <laughs> they, they did. And y'all <laughs> in the snow and everything, just lighting them up. But man, it, look, Derrick Henry got 2,000 yards. Y'all get Baltimore in a rematch. That's going to be a good game, man. You know, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I, I am a Lamar Jackson fan yeah. and I love my Titans. Um, you know, so it's, it's a lot of pressure on him. And but I think what he's done coming back from COVID, you know, because they were kind of they was like, oh, he's not, you know, he's not 
like they didn't, the, the the league is caught up with what he's doing. And I'm like, the dude is still Lamar Jackson. He's still an exceptional player. But when he doesn't look like some of the other other quarterbacks, he doesn't play like them, and he lose a game or two, all the critics come out. And now that he's hot, you know, it's like, okay, man, well, he's playing that way because, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the scouting report has changed a little bit because, you know, I was like, no, I said the dude went through COVID. Nobody, I said, when, when, what other quarterback went through it other than Cam? Cam, when he came back, Cam never, never has been the same. What other quarter, elite quarterback went through COVID and came back was the same? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And now he might, like, if I'm a Titans fan like yourself, I'm, I'm like, yeah, because he is coming in hot. And he and hot, he hot. You guys knocked him but out you know, last year, and now it's you know, so it's, it's gonna be a game and a half. It's gonna be something. It is. It, it should be like I said, even even though Tennessee punched him in the mouth early last year, he still had a game for the ages. You know what? Th- what three hundred plus yards? I mean, five hundred total yards. You know, and mm-hmm. you know a lot of it was, of course, he was trailing it to put the ball in the air, but just over five hundred total yards for a quarterback. You know, in the playoff game is probably. You know, he might be the second or third guy. I think Tom Brady did it in the in the, uh, in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, but came up, you know, big uh, with the loss. But you know, it, it's it should be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to all the games that's coming up um, on Sunday, and you know, it should be a really good playoff run. I feel bad for the Browns because I mean they haven't been to the playoffs in ages, and they finally make it, and now the the head coach who who got to be the coach of the year. He can't coach because he's got COVID, and the staff. Is Man, I feel I feel bad for Cleveland to finally make hey, it. Cleveland happen. like the Cleveland like the bad news Browns, man. <laughs> the bad news Bears. That's who they, we call them the the bad news Browns. That's who they are, man. Yeah, but that's, that's you know nice. they still got to go out there and play, but it's hard to to not be out there with your leader. And uh, you know it's it just it just like I said, it's, it's been an unfortunate year for you know twenty twenty was an unfortunate year for just so many people and. And it's still lingering into 2021, but it's it's off to a much better start. Although, you know, we had to get into this at some point in time. What happened at the White House? You know, we that that that's for another that's for another that's for a whole another day, a whole another another podcast. We'll have to get into that at some point in time. For sure. Real quick though, we'll see. Yeah, Alabama, Ohio State. Who are you taking? You know, I, I want to see Justin Fields win a national championship. Because like I said about Lamar Jackson, I think people expectation when when a quarterback has a bad game, Justin Fields, a, a dual threat quarterback, is that all the critics get on him. And I would love to see him because I, I was so happy how he played against Clemson. And no one can make any excuses. Trevor Lawrence wasn't hurt. He was out there, you know, and he had a chance, you know, like I said, all these throws, they, they talked about how he played against no Northwestern, which is a, a team in your conference. No teams in your conference are gonna play you a little bit differently. But he was so accurate, he was so on point, and he showed some some real toughness after taking that hit to his ribs. Man, he got up, he was in pain, mm-hmm. and he still was precise. Yeah. So he go from probably being like, okay, he's not the number two best player or quarterback to now, okay, we got to see how he does against Alabama. Give that man, give that man his roses right now. Yeah. He's been solid all year. He's been solid since he's been at Ohio State. Don't try to pick and choose when you want to make him, you know, a, a uh, an elite quarterback. Yeah, you got to give him his props. Uh, I still, 
it's going to be tough. I think I'll lean Alabama in a close one, but if Ohio State could easily win it. Uh, yeah. And got to say congrats to Devontae Smith, first receiver since Desmond Howard to win the Heisman. I was, Man. Glad, I was glad to see him make it because it's been a quarterback award for all these years. Yeah, of course, he's a man. Finalist. I'm like, okay, cool. They let him be a finalist. Right. That's the way he's going to win it. And he won it. So I'm like, he did. Good for him. Good for him. Man, great for him, man. You know, you go back to when when Desmond, you know, uh, he was in the end zone, man, and he did the highs and poles. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just special. Like, he will always be remembered for doing that highs and poles. Yeah. Man. You know, being a receiver who had probably at that time probably had won in in, in fifteen to twenty years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Man. So it, it should be like there should be an exciting game, and um, I'm probably going to go roll tide. Yes, I think I'm leaning that way too. So yeah, I mean, Saban still on another level. That'll be his fifty eleven championship at Alabama. So he, I think he will if he win this championship, he'll will pass Bear Bryant. Correct. I think so. I think I so. think Bear Bryant. I think he's tied right now with six. Uh, with Bear Bryant, I think seven. Uh, I think that will that will probably pass. I think he will pass Bear Bryant if I'm not correct. If not, I know he passed him. He will pass him at Alabama. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't pass him overall, he will pass him at Alabama. So seven, seven and two would look better than six and three. Yeah. So six and three ain't bad when you want six six of them things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's some college don't have any. Mm-hmm. And for him to do it with, you know, Bear Bryant didn't have scholarship limitations and all the stuff that they got now to make the playing field level. You know, mm-hmm. Stevens had to do it in this era where everybody. You and, know, and, on, and on top of this, you know, this losing his head, his he's been losing his offensive coordinators every other season. Mm-hmm. You know, even losing Starkeesian to Dak Texas, which I mean, you can't you can't stop a man from going to getting a you know a, a, a power five school at the magnitude of Texas. And when, when I think when assistant coaches come there, you know, they're, they're coming there because they know the next job will be a head coaching job. And, and, and for Nick Saban, you know, he never complains. He just reloads, for, uh, he just reloads, reload coaches. And, but when you lose, start losing your, your coordinators, your defensive guys, your, your coaches at skill position, it affects your, it affects your, your team. But, some kind of way he's figured it out, man. The most important guy there is him. That's it. Gotta give him his props. Be fun to watch all that and talk about it all next week. And yes, sir, brother. We'll be on it, man. That's it. Wish all your titans the best. And uh all right, man. I know you're not really, but you know, I, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> all right. Hey, all right. y'all. Give us five stars, rate and review the podcast, tell your friends about it, and we'll be back next week with more to say, man. Appreciate you Let's do it. coming on too. No doubt. All right. Hold it down, B. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.